Picture a world where costs are down, profits are up, and customers are clamoring at your door. You're listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. Our interviews with business owners, service providers, and area experts can teach you how to create a world of success and profitability. If you're looking for an attorney to assist in your business formation, employment agreements, or other legal business needs, contact Jordan Law at 407-906-5529. You can also reach us on the web at jordanlawfl.com. Jordan Law, we protect you and your business. Hello and welcome to Let's Get Up to Business with Jordan Law. As you know, I'm Jordan Ostroff, your business law and personal injury attorney here in Orlando, Central Florida. This is Let's Get Up to Business, formerly our podcast, now starting as a Facebook live show. Today we have an awesome guest, both actually awesome and with an awesome job, Jared Brooks, who's going to talk to us about what's going on with the clerk of courts here in Orange County through everything involved with COVID. Uh, as you know, normally I pitch our YouTube page, but last week we broke our 100 subscribers, so I have no call to action for you right now. Just stay in touch, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, and now let's hear from Jared. What's going on, my friend? Hey, nothing much, Jordan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for giving the opportunity to share a little about the clerk's office today. Yeah, so your official title is what? The General Counsel for the Orange County Clerk of Court, Tiffany Moore Russell. General counsel for the Orange County Clerk of Court. All right. Yeah. I was going to say general awesomeness, general yeah. awesome guy. You know, I, I, would, I would love that title too. <laughs> so before we get into, oh, and Mark just updated your bottom third. Cool. So before we get into the clerk's office, tell us a little more about you because you've had a really, you've had a very interesting lawyer life. Yeah. So, um, you know, as you know, I was started out at the um, school board of Orange County. Uh, so I graduated from Family College of Law in, in 2013, um, had the opportunity to intern in the school board attorney's office for uh, really about two and a half years. And honestly, it was just really intriguing work. I was learning a lot under the attorneys that were there. And fortunately, um, Woody Rodriguez, who I'm sure a lot of you know people in the local bar, uh, Orange County Bar are familiar with, um, offered me a job as a staff attorney. So I started there in 2013. Um, and uh, just again, doing mostly student discipline, um, you know, matters. And that's actually, I think we might have crossed paths with the student discipline work. Uh, some student custody enrollment stuff. Um, when Orange County Public Schools um, actually uh, initiated their police department in 2015, 
Uh, I was the police advisor for that uh, team for about, what, three years. Um, and then doing some labor and employment work with, you know, with, with the union under our associate general counsel. So again, loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, but in 2019, uh, the Orange County Court of Courts reached out to me. Uh, they had a vacancy as their general counsel. Um, I had been involved with, with, with Clerk Russell on some different projects through some other bar associations. She's an attorney as well. And uh, it was just a good fit and a right time. So now, uh, here I am. I've been here about a year now. Actually, a little over a year. Wow. So full disclosure, I've had cases against Jared. He has been, no offense to any other opposing counsels that we've ever had, one of the best ones to work with. I. It's always funny when a principal would say something to us or our clients, and I was like, that's not how it works. Can you do me a favor and check with Jared? And then like an hour later, I get an email that's like, I'm so sorry. We'll never make that mistake again. Jared, Jared corrected me. My bad. I apologize to you and your clients. So we have try to get it done right. Try to get it done right. Well, it's interesting because like you've always had that real attorney problem solving. So obviously, like to some extent, it's adversarial. But for the most part, like everybody wants what's best for the kids. And from the right. clerk's office, everybody wants what's best for the litigants involved in the case. Even if somebody's going to prison for the rest of their lives. Right. You, from the clerk's office perspective, still want to make sure they get proper notice, they know about the court dates, they're kept in the system correctly, et cetera. So, you know, it's interesting that while you are, while it is an adversarial system, infrequently are you and I on opposite sides of the problem, even right. if we're on opposite sides of the case. Right. And, and that's how exactly how I felt. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, Jordan. I, you know, it's, you know, particularly that my, during my time at the school board, it was about the best interests of the child. Like, I, I understand, especially from discipline, kids just do some very just weird things and, you know, and some kids need to be disciplined. And I think the intent is, you know, having that whole rehabilitative process, you know, learning curve and all that. Um, but you're right. I think sometimes the rules are the rules, the policies are the policies. And, um, you know, when you're talking about a, a school district as large as Orange County with so many principals, I mean, at one point, I mean, probably at 200 schools now with, I mean, 25,000 employees. You can only imagine, um, you know, the variations you would get. So, yeah, I, I appreciated you being able to pick the phone up and just say, hey, um, this is what was said. <laughs> you know, that's not what I thought we discussed. And then, you know, again, I'm able to do my part. Um, and again, try to I like that term you use, just try to solve the, the solution. And, you know, if there's a few times that we just agree to disagree, then, hey, well, you know, we just have a hearing and kind of go from there. So. And I read somewhere, I don't know how, so Orange County is a top 10 school district in the country, in the yeah. state? In the country, yeah. It's the country. One the, yeah, one of the parts, at one point, I mean, again, as I, as I last checked, I think the eighth largest in the nation. Um, so it's it's a large, large school district, um, which candidly prepared me for what I'm doing now. I mean, the clerk's office, very different, of course. I mean, it, it's, in I mean, very little of what I did from a practice perspective do I now, you know, do at the clerk's office. But I think from working through issues and like dealing with the scale of issues and the number of employees, um, this, this was a good fit for me because I was prepared for because of school board. Do you know what the size of our clerk's office county is versus other ones or number of cases? So what's interesting about the clerk's offices here, <laughs> the clerk's office here in Orange County is we are one of maybe three or four counties that don't have that have a separate clerk and a separate comptroller. So typically okay. the clerk 
and comptroller is one and the same. So in Seminole County, um, you know, it's the same person, um, you know, Clerk Malloy. In, in Brevard, you know, they've got, their clerk is the comptroller. So I'm not sure about how many employees they have dedicated to the, you know, to their clerk side versus their comptroller side. But I know Broward County, they have a clerk um, that is separate from the comptroller, uh, Volusia, um, Orange, and I believe, I know I'm missing someone else, but um, so to answer your question, no, I don't know from that point. Now from case, like from filings, um, we're, we're one of the, the largest. I mean, obviously you can think of, you know, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, um, you know, Orange, uh, I think Hillsborough and Pinellas and Duval are, are typically, again, larger clerk counties that are going to have a, a higher number of filings. But because of the nature of Orange County with just the number of visitors we get with traffic citations, um, a lot of small claims filings have been coming through Orange County recently. Our case, our case files, particularly in civil, look really, really high compared to other places. So I would say that we're, I mean, we are one of the larger clerk's offices from a business perspective, but employee-wise, I'm not sure. Yeah, we had Judge a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about that we're like the only county in Florida that has gotten approved for more judges in back-to-back -back years and however long. And obviously, um, financially, we weren't able to get extra judges yeah. this year, but it is still, the bill is still there when the money is there next year, hopefully, knock on wood, right. this will be over soon. So before we get into the kind of the COVID stuff, can you tell me a little bit about like on a normal day, you know, before all of this, what's the clerk's office doing? What's your role there? Talk to us about that. Okay, um, so I'll kind of talk about what the clerk's office does and then I'll go kind of segue into what I do. Um, so typically, um, as you know, attorneys are filing through the e-portal pretty, reg pretty regularly. Um, and so we have our clerks working the queue um, and making sure that they're processing all those filings. Um, and again, that's a pretty daunting task considering, considering the volume that we see in Orange County. Um, we obviously have our walk-up services when, again, pre-COVID, uh, so you can come pay your traffic citations, get on a payment plan if you need to. Um, you know, some people just needed status updates on what was going on in their case and wanted to know their, you know, their balances and so forth. Um, as you know, the clerk's office has uh, several divisions. We have a family division where we also have our self-help center, which is uh, managed by the same um, you know, manager, Roberto Walton. Uh, but self-help center offices, services, and landlord tenants, some family matters, um, a few other areas. But it's helping... Um, mostly our pro se litigants sort of navigate the legal system. And then we partner with the OCBA to provide attorneys at a dollar a minute. Um, and so again, from the family side, helping people, you know, help, helping customers fill out um, injunctions. I mean, again, not giving them legal advice. And that's one thing we have to constantly remind the clerks is, you know, you're not an attorney. Be careful what you tell a customer because, you know, of course, a pro se, you know, litigant is going to take that, take that to the bank. I mean, that's what I was told. So that's from family. We have our traffic division, um, which is, again, pretty active. And of course, with them, it's a lot of coming in and getting payments for traffic citations. Suspend, you don't want to suspend your driver's license. Obviously, that was a, a big thing in this past legislative session was um, we had to fight off uh, losing the ability to suspend licenses because that's how we collect fines and fees. And so, right. um, you know, I guess one thing to kind of put out there is what the clerk does is, I mean, we are funded through fines and fee collection. So, a lot of the, the purpose of a lot of our divisions is to collect those fines and fees. Um, so there's that. Uh, we have 
uh, probate mental health. And I know you said you had Judge Apt on. So, I mean, that's a, obviously with guardianship and some other issues, that's been a hot topic. Um, and so that civil division does a lot of the work with the foreclosures, evictions, they fall under guardianship as well. Um, so really, it's really just providing the services. We do marriage licenses at the clerk's office. I'm actually married a couple on Valentine's Day. Um, that's my first, you know, marriage, I guess you could say. So um, kind of cool, cool, um, you know, gig there. Um, and then just working with our different stakeholders. Um, so what I do in that is I am more so working with the senior team um, and the manager. So the clerk, and then we have about seven, six or seven other, uh, you know, directors levels that, that, that are here in the, in, on the 21st floor that um, just constantly just have questions about vision, um, kind of where we're going on some things, legal opinions on different rules, whether it's the rules of judicial administration, uh, you know, what does the rule of criminal procedure require here? And did the clerk not do this properly? Um, I do a lot of legislative analysis. Um, so I serve as our legislative liaison. So um, during this past session, of course, COVID sort of took over, uh, you know, at some point. But before then, we're constantly trying to meet with the local delegation to keep in mind what the clerk's interests are and make sure that there's no legislation that's going to hurt our fines and fees, which is like I was saying about the driver's license uh, thing. Um, I am our judicial liaison as well. So I meet with the judges, particularly the admin and chief judge Myers usually, but um, I try to meet with the judges, all of them, just to get an idea of how we can partner and figure out, hey, is something going on in the courtroom? Um, if they feel that a clerk maybe should have done something or something wasn't done properly, I appear on behalf of the clerk for any hearings where the clerk's a party in interest. Um, another part of what I do, which is interesting, and I had never even thought about it or heard of it, but um, was it's the bond work with uh, criminal bonds. So uh, when, you know, when a bond is forfeited, the clerk keeps that, you know, that, that money. Um, and in order to receive it, you have to meet certain criteria. Um, under under uh, Chapter 903 of the Florida Statutes, and so um, we those are those are some adversarial hearings, Jordan. I you know I, I, like you said, you know I'm super laid back usually, um, but the bondsman's attorneys are pretty uh, <laughs> pretty aggressive at times. But we you know I've been able to work with with most of them and work through some issues. But I had to learn that because that is something that just hadn't done. Um, and then some random like fee hearings on the foreclosure side uh, with the registry fees and such. So. It, it truly is some of everything. We still have HR. I do contract review. Um, I mean, I'm the only attorney that we have full time. Um, we contract with three other attorneys that uh, one comes in about once a week and the others we just send, you know, when we have work that we need. So it's pretty much just kind of a one man shop and just figuring it out. Makes total sense. So I, I've got a, a, a sort of loaded question. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, so you're talking about most other counties have the comptroller and the clerks in one spot and then obviously for our circuit we're covering orange and osceola so mm -hmm. how do you how does the clerk's office here fall into that because the circuit's governing multiple counties mm -hmm. and normally and you've also got to deal with a comptroller issue that would normally be clerk stuff like do you find that that helps you all focus more or do you find that there has to be a little bit more everybody compromising uh, well, so we definitely have to, I mean, the good thing is, it, you know, that's been in place for such a long time that I think all the chief judges, you know, of the Ninth Circuit, at least I won't say all, but going back through, you know, even through Judge Perry, Judge Lawton, you know, now Judge Myers understood that, you know, hey, the clerk in Orange County is separate and distinct from the clerk in Osceola County and how they choose to handle things. 
is very differently. We have different case maintenance systems, um, you know, different time, you know, I don't say different time standards, but different policies and procedures. So for attorneys, I could imagine how frustrating it is where same circuit, same administrative orders, but they're being handled differently based on that clerk. Um, fortunately, I mean, in this in the year, year and some change that I've been here, we haven't had any issues. Usually it's receiving, um, you know, we'll get served documents in Osceola, or excuse me, in Orange County, um, or someone will file a case in Orange County when they mean for it to be in Osceola, thinking it's the same circuit. And so therefore it's the same county. And we're like, yeah, no, um, that's not exactly how that works. So it, you know, it, it can be a little complicated at times because when, you know, again, and that's kind of like with anything, when you go cross county lines and judges are doing something different in that circuit, you, you, know, you kind of look and go, why, are, you know, where's the, where's the consistency? But, uh, but we've done a pretty good job, I think, of uh, kind of running our shop. So I will say, I'm going to lodge one complaint with you right now. Okay. The Osceola County Clerk's Office is a lot easier to look up names than Orange County because okay. you guys don't have the, your root extender is a lot harder. So for people that have multiple last names, depending uh, on how the cop fills it in, it's, it's one word, it's two words, it's a hyphen, it's a space. It can get pretty complicated. Okay. No, that, and, and honestly, I can tell you that we love hearing, getting feedback. We have this group um, in our project management team about bright ideas, and we constantly encourage the organization to, um, you know, give, give us feedback on things we can take a look at and, and kind of tweak that. So send me that in the email. When, uh, when we're done, I'd like to at least forward that on to see, again, if we can make the customer experience better, I'm sure we'll at least open to looking into it. Well, obviously, it is a double-edged sword because the easier it is to find somebody on a search on the clerk's office, the easier it is to see their criminal record or, or you know, ideally lack thereof. But yeah. um, so, you know, look, I don't know that anybody, I don't know that anybody hasn't been impacted by COVID, and I don't know that we know the extent of that impact. But walk me through, you know, some of the stuff that's happened to change the clerk, clerk's office. Obviously, no evictions, and that got extended again. That's got to be huge. Yeah. Um, so I, we can start with evictions because that's been, ironically, the, probably the topic over the weekend. I came back, uh, was out of the office on Friday and had on 170 emails, mostly about evictions wow. and people coming back around, different attorneys, um, you know, just some that are clerk's attorneys, some uh, just private attorneys asking questions about that. And so to your point, the evictions moratorium, um, you know, started back, what, I think April 1st was when the governor initially um, you know, uh, started the moratorium. And so, you know, Judge Myers quickly um, developed and implemented an AO that addressed that. So essentially we weren't issuing any summonses um, for any eviction complaints. So you could file it with us and we would of course, you know, kind of get the case, I don't say started, but we had the case, but we weren't issuing any summonses. And the sheriff's office was on board. I'm not sure if you remember, Sheriff Mina came out pretty early on. I'd even say before the governor, and actually just said that, hey, the Orange County Sheriff's not going to be issuing writs of his or serving writs of possession at this point. So I think, you know, most of the, um, you know, elected officials in Orange County seem to be on board with just saying, hey, we're not, you know, we're not doing evictions. And so once we received that AO, that was fine. Um, you know, some, we still received the filings. Um, you know, I don't have the latest data, but I mean, we had a couple hundred that were still filed between April and um, you know, the last numbers that we had maybe a couple of weeks ago. So, of course, I think where people forget is some of those three day and five that the notices that go for evictions, that's not doesn't mean you've actually filed with the clerk's office. So we don't know if a landlord has 
I guess, threatened to evict someone or started the eviction process until they actually filed with us. And so right now, why would you pay a filing fee um, and not realize that, or, you know, and, and realize you're not going to, there's not really going to be any movement on it if it was for non-payment of rent. But then that became the next, you know, twist is having to have clerks get in, you know, to what what exactly should be moving forward. So I can say now that the governor's extended this moratorium again, there's been a, a little caveat that's uh, tweaked the way that clerks are operating. And that is that it has to be uh, due to a COVID-19 related non-payment or some language similar to that. And so we're, we're waiting. Judge Myers hasn't issued an AO just yet on that. And so we're waiting to review the AO and Uh, I think we, uh, hopefully it's just a pause here. Oh, maybe it's just on my end. Do you see it? Okay. Um, we, yeah. we made it. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, we lost you there for a little bit. You know, I know you guys are trying to save money and uh, cutting down on the internet connection. <laughs> okay, what's the last thing you heard? uh you had said something about an administrative order in reference to i think a requirement of covid from the eviction process oh okay so we're waiting we're gonna uh, judge myers is going to issue another ao uh shortly and then once we receive that ao then we should have a better idea of how to move forward with the summonses and and, and what process but um we'll see we don't want to speak too soon because i could say something right now and in the next hour we have a new ao so um we'll you know we'll, we'll we'll adjust to that but there there probably will be a change coming there um and then i also wanted to say probably one of the biggest impacts uh to our office financially has been the traffic citations it's been the um you know when when traffic infractions almost i mean they, they help fund our office and i don't want to say solely but it is a large portion of our of our the fines and fee collection and so you can imagine that when there was a stay-at-home orders and people began working virtually um there were less people on the roads i mean insurance companies were cutting down on car insurance you know for certain periods of time so the impacts of that have been astronomical on our budget um and so we've had to really take a look at and as you mentioned you know before we've had to look at um you know right now we're, we're leaning we're going to we're moving forward with a furlough of employees for one day a week um, through the end of our fiscal year to offset some of those costs. Um, again, you know, the county, uh, we've made a request to the county and we present to the Board of County Commissioners and the mayor on August 11th. So we hope to receive the, um, you know, the relief we need from that, you know, from that request. And, you know, we, we, we feel strongly that we put together a good argument. But um, again, I think some of those between the traffic um, and, um, Red light cameras, another one that this really took a you know a big hit, that that hurt us. So um, you know the way clerks' budgets are set up is very weird. So clerks can't keep excess revenue, right? So the way it works is, and this is very odd, and I had to learn this. It took me like a year to even just wrap my head around it. But this is really yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. I was going to ask you about this. So. Yeah, it, so yeah, I'll just kind of to, to give you a 10,000 foot perspective without boring everyone. Uh, basically, each year, the state will set, and it's called, there's this corporation, uh, clerk's corporation that sets the budgets. And so based on some revenue, you know, enhancement, you know, uh, commission or something like that, 
they are revenue estimating conference actually and then they put together a number and long story short we come up with this number of a budget for orange county so that budget could be um and i have to get i should have our latest numbers but let's say that that budget was 26 million dollars well what that means is is that we have to collect up to that amount of money in order to like have an even budget if we come in under that then we're considered what's it's considered a, um, a, a recipient county. So basically, all the clerks send money to to that, that one CCOC, that one corporation, and they just basically shovel out money to keep every clerk's ba uh, budget balanced. Gosh. So we've been a donor county for the last, I mean, to my understanding, ten years, but we don't get to keep any excess revenue. So if we're supposed to make thirty million dollars and we bring in thirty-five, we send back five million dollars to the state. So you can imagine that when you have this issue where uh, revenue shortfalls and we're looking at, you know, having payroll cuts, well, some people would say, well, where's your reserves? Why haven't you all just, you know, planned for a rainy day? That's not how a clerk's budget's set up. So um, some of it's a funding model that's broken and we do plan on, um, you know, going to the legislature this next upcoming session and the following session to really push for a new budget model because, and I think COVID inadvertently kind of exposed that as being an issue. So when your fiscal year normally starts, what, July 1? Uh, September, October, October 1. So October 1 to September 30th. Okay, so you're looking at, okay, so you're looking at furloughing people until October. Yeah, we were going to, right now, if everything goes as as of today, it would be one Friday, I guess, every, leading up until the end of, or to the end of September. So that's better. I was thinking you just started the new fiscal year. And you were looking at this for like 11 months. So, all right, well. Oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah. If, I mean, so yeah, once we, because then what happens is like right now they're, they're doing all the budget stuff. So once we get an idea of what the clerk's budget will be, then we'll get a new budget. And then of course, a lot of those numbers will have been adjusted, um, you know, for this. The biggest thing I kind of want to throw in just to, so I can, you know, make sure I'm informing everyone correctly is part of the reason that a lot of clerks are having to furlough Brevard, Volusia, Alachua. I mean, you're seeing it all around the state is, Due to the uh, just due to COVID and the impacts it had, we took a budget cut in the fourth quarter budget, and so for us it ended up being about I believe like 13%. So and we had to take it all in one budget cut. So we had to kind of look for what would have been about three to four million dollars of dollars that we don't have now. Plus we're probably going to be a donor county again because we were having a strong year. So we're giving away more money and we can spend less. <laughs> So that's where the furloughs and, and about 90% of our costs are personnel costs. So, right. Uh, so it's, it's been a challenge. Well, and I think I think when I say, you know, nobody really wants Friday court anyway. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I, and and I think from from our perspective, it's when we had so when COVID first kind of struck and you know things were spreading quickly and. There was not a lot of guidance out about say the social distancing and all that we actually did a paid furlough for about two weeks and so we were on a skeleton crew i'm not sure if you remember when some of that might have went out through the ocba where essentially we had a very condensed workforce working so that we could only have maybe about 30 people in each division working safely because we thought the violence were going to go down and all this other stuff well it didn't and so i think when you have the judiciary that's you know moving forward and embracing technology and how that's working and we have to have these clerks there to be able to get these things done in the back office side 
And so where the Fridays, again, I don't think anyone wants Friday court, but we're able to catch up on a lot of, you know, hey, where are we on this on days right. like Friday. Um, so not having clerks there, I know, you know, Judge Myers is, um, you know, vocalized his, you know, support of us receiving funding. And we've tried to write to the governor and the clerks association. Um, you know, even the chief justice of the Florida Supreme Court has written to the governor saying, you know, hey, the clerks need, you know, we need the clerks to operate. So, um, you know, we don't want to furlough. I, I think it would be, it would inconvenience some, you know, litigants, um, some maybe not, but we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm optimistic as usual. And so I, I, I believe that the county will be able to provide us some assistance. So hopefully I'm right. And uh, we'll have to even worry about that. Makes sense. So, you know, we gear this podcast towards business owners. Um, okay. What's the, what's the takeaway for them? I mean, what's the information for them? I mean, obviously it sounds like y'all are working as much as you can, as hard as you can to make sure there isn't this giant, you know, dip in the administration of cases. And obviously we're at the mercy of being able to get jurors to show up for a lot to resolve a lot of cases, but right. you know, what, what else should business owners take away from the work that the clerk's office is doing right now? Um, I mean, I, so I know one thing that I can say, this is more so for the attorneys that are, that are, you know, representing their clients is with the e-portal understanding that, you know, we do need you to understand, we don't just, we can't just search what we can, but it's way more complicated just to search through a case and say, where is, you know, Smith v. Johnson? Like it, it, it really makes that it's not, doesn't work that way. And so, um, you know, if you have an emergency filing, make sure you take the time to, you know, to, to, to select that, um, you know, if you need something from the clerk's office, understand that because we are working on flexed hours and, you know, we are trying to spread out our, our, our work force as much as possible. Um, because, you know, again, we have about 400 and uh, just under, four, just about under 410 employees. Um, but again, the majority are in the courthouse. And I mean, I'm sure if you've seen some of those back office areas, they're not exactly set up for social distancing. So right. we don't have as many clerks at, coming in at one time as, as we used to. So just understanding that, hey, you know, where, where the attorneys and the parties can help us is just being, you know, again, giving us a little more notice of things when they, you know, when they can, if they need a request, get in a little earlier. But I can tell you, though, that we are still, we haven't changed our time standards as far as when we expect to work through things. So, um, you know, I would want everyone to understand that, you know, while COVID is definitely having an impact, we're hoping to mitigate that as much as possible. Um, and of course, if something is just, not happening in a timely manner. We encourage you to reach out. I mean, that's why we have Live Agent. Uh, we've got some other mechanisms by which people can reach out and, and get updates. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to call us. We'd rather you call us and give us a chance to fix it than to go blast us on, you know, social media. So, I think every business feels that way, but yeah. we're not always, uh, you know, for you guys, if you had a one star rating on Google, like there isn't an alternative competitor. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, go file somewhere else, right? Uh, no, it doesn't really work that way. Um, but no, but I mean, I know we, I know the, the clerk has really over the course of her, her term as her second term is just really focused on uh, customer, you know, customer service. I mean, we understand we're serving the, you know, the residents of Orange County. And again, even globally, I mean, we have families that are here visiting from Disney that need to file stuff. We get people coming all over to get married here. So, um, you know, again, it, it's, we're working um, again, certain services. I think something else maybe to, to share is we are looking to embrace more technology. So what I can admit wholeheartedly, and I think clerks around the state will you know, be able to say the same thing is uh, we weren't prepared from a technological perspective for this. 
Um, you know, we don't have a lot of capability to have a lot of rem remote work done by clerks, which is why I think everyone was scrambling. Well, now that we've had to adjust, um, I do think you're going to see some initiatives with the judicial with the uh, legislation with the legislature to um, get better funding for court technology that actually will allow clerks to spend some more money. So that way, some of these hearings and some of the the different things that that services that people want and need um, our clerks will be better equipped to do because again very candidly we just looked up and realized we don't even have what we need for people to really work remotely um, at the deputy clerk level so makes sense so what um how, how can people stay in touch i mean i know the uh the courts in our circuit do a pretty good job on the facebook page the same same thing for the clerk's office yeah so we have, uh, you know, we're on all social media platforms, um, you know, LinkedIn, um, you know, Orange County Clerical Court, um, Facebook page, um, I believe they have Instagram as well. Um, you know, so if you, you know, search Orange County Clerical Court, um, Tiffany Moore Russell, um, you, you know, they'll come up, follow the page, we try to send out as much information as possible. I know I'm, you know, when I'm on, you know, my different platforms, I'll try to share uh, pertinent things. And if you gave me a hard time about my bad, my bad joke. Uh, with the checks, but you know we try to send out that information. And so uh, on, on on social media, that's probably the best way to, to to really reach out to us. To be fair, I stand by it. It was such a bad pun. I, that I didn't come up with it, so it was, it was not an insult. It was a compliment. Well, I appreciate it. But yeah, but but that that's probably you know again for for presence and try to get some stories out. And when we're advertising the events, I mean, hopefully. Again, who knows when things will resume some sense of normalcy, but, uh, but you know, I know clerk, the clerk is very active with her community involvement um, and, and making sure our clerk services are being brought to the community. So we try to do forums and different things. Uh, they'll be virtually, obviously, for the foreseeable future, but, um, but I think people can check those out and get registered for those when they come up. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yep. Jordan, I appreciate it, man. Anytime. Take care. You too. You've been listening to Let's Get Up to Business from Jordan Law. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast and would consider sharing the show. We would also love an honest five-star review through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcatcher you use. If you are interested in being a guest of the podcast, please contact producer Mark through email at Mark at jordanlawfl.com. Use the subject line podcast guest in your email. Thank you. We look forward to speaking to you again soon.